Now that small businesses have begun to receive their loan proceeds from the payroll protection program, how does loan forgiveness on these loan proceeds work? Currently, there are as many questions as answers. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I'm a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. How does loan forgiveness on PPP loans work? The Payroll Protection Program, also known as PPP, seems to be in the news every day. Almost all the articles regarding this program, whether on the initial law or the many clarifications issued, have concentrated on the borrowing end of these loans. Do I qualify for a PPP loan? What is the maximum loan amount I can apply for? What are the steps I need to take in order to apply? What documentation is needed? Now that small businesses have begun to receive the funds, questions have started to pop up on the forgiveness end. Everyone's main question is, how do I have my loan proceeds forgiven? In other words, this law has a a provision that says, if the funds are dispersed in an appropriate manner, part of or all of the loan proceeds may be forgiven, meaning that the small businesses do not have to pay them back. So I am positive that very soon you will start to see clarifications come out on where on the forgiveness end of things. I'm going to start with what we know, and then I'm going to present some items that need to be clarified because currently there are many, many questions that are going to have to be answered in the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to start off again with what we know. What we know is expenses paid during the eight weeks after receiving the funds can be used for the following. Funds can be used for payment of payroll costs. Payroll costs include wages, health and retirement benefits of employees, Schedule C earnings for sole proprietors and independent contractors, including single-member LLCs filing as sole proprietors, and self-employed income for partners and partnerships, including members and multiple-member LLCs filing as partnerships. We also know that funds may be dispersed for rent, mortgage interest, and utilities of the business. We know that at least 75% of the forgiven funds must be spent on payroll costs, leaving only 25% maximum to be paid for rent, mortgage interest, and utilities of the business. We also know if a small business receives PPP loan proceeds that are ultimately forgiven, meaning they do not have to be paid back, and the loan proceeds are also not considered taxable income, then the expenses paid with these funds are not deductible. This rule is to prevent a double benefit of receiving money tax-free, let's say $20,000, and then receiving a deduction of $20,000, which you would use to offset other taxable income uh, earned by the small business. So if a small business borrows money, pays expenses, um, and the loan is forgiven, they're not going to get a deduction for those expenses that they paid. And that kind of makes sense. The, the, the proceeds coming in aren't income, the expenses paid aren't a deduction, so the business has no income or expense. However, if a small business borrows money 
pays expenses, but part of the loan is not forgiven, then the expenses paid by the part of the loan that is not forgiven, in other words, it has to be paid back to the SBA, those expenses would be deductible. So those are the things that we really know. But in my opinion, what's very important right now are the things that we don't know and what I believe um, we require clarification on. And some of these items are the definition of utility. We all know that utilities include gas, oil, electric, and water, but how about telephone and internet? Are these utilities or just business expenses? The second interim final rule issued by the SBA mentions gas used for your business vehicle as a utility, for an example, but it doesn't go into a lot of detail. What is rent? Again, the SBA in that same second interim final rule mentions rent on a warehouse or a vehicle you use to perform your business. What about desk fees paid by a realtor? How about individuals that work from home? Are these individuals allowed to deduct a portion of their rent, mortgage, interest, or utilities? We know there is a maximum amount that can be paid to those who earn $100,000 or more. This amount is equal to eight weeks of pay. This is calculated by taking, let's say at the person making $100,000, by taking the 100,000, dividing it by 52 weeks to come up with a weekly pay. The weekly pay is then multiplied by eight, yielding a result of 15385 or 15384 depending on which publication you're reading and how the rounding works. But let's say 15385 what about the other employees? Do they have to be paid 852nd of their 2019 payroll? Do they have to be based on what they earned before it was shut down in 2020? Um, are they paid on an equivalent period in a prior year? Remember, some businesses may pay employees more wages based on the time of year. Can you pay employee bonuses? And if so, is there a limit? What if a sole proprietor makes $100,000 and calculated their maximum loan amount to be $20,833? Now, this number is calculated by dividing the $100,000 by 12, which gives you your monthly um, payroll expense, and then multiplying by 2.5. This is the formula that was used in order to calculate the maximum loans of a, of a PPP loan. Okay, but now let's say that a sole proprietor receives the $20,833 and is able to use $15,385 for him or herself. This leaves $5,448 that cannot be forgiven unless the same sole proprietor has, also has rent, utilities, and mortgage interest. Even if he or she does have those expenses, they cannot be in excess of $5,128 because $15,385, which again, as I just told you, is the maximum payroll cost, must be at least 75% of the forgiveness amount. So when we use our algebraic equation, and trust me, I'm an accountant, it comes out that if $15,385 is 75%, then 5128 will be the remaining 25%. So that means there's $320. Remember, we originally purchased, or originally borrowed $20,833. When we take $20,833, subtract $15,385, again, the maximum amount a sole proprietor is allowed to borrow, and $5,128, the, the maximum amount this sole proprietor can use for rent, utilities, or mortgage interest, we still have $320 that cannot be forgiven. 
Can this be circumvented by hiring an employee to either make up for the lack of non-payroll expenses? In other words, a lot of times sole proprietors, if they work out of their house, they may not have $5,000 of rent, utility, and mortgage interest, even if they're allowed to take a proportional share of some of their home expenses. So can they circumvent paying back this money by hiring an employee to either make up for these, to lack of these non-payroll expenses uh, or just to increase payroll. So let's say to be more practical, practical, can the sole proprietor hire his or her child and pay them $5,448 to cover the difference between the $15,385 that they can take and a $20,833 borrowed? And if they can't hire a family member, can they hire somebody else? Again, these are questions that are definitely going to be need to be addressed before um, before we deal with paying everybody back. Does a sole proprietor, independent contractor, or partner in a partnership have to cut a check on a weekly or bi-weekly basis? Many sole proprietors pay personal expenses from their businesses and classify them as withdrawals, non-business deductions, because ultimately taxable income is determined by taking income, taxable income that comes in, less business deductions. Sole proprietors don't necessarily write the, themselves a check for their income. So I don't know exactly how this is going to work, whether you actually are going to have to write a check as a sole proprietor from your bank account to a personal account um, during the eight weeks after you get the funds, or whether you'll just be able to rely on your 2019 Schedule C. Again, this is a question that has to be addressed. And while we're on the point of the eight-week um, period that starts after the funds are received, when does the eight-week clock actually start? The American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, or AICPA, has proposed to the Treasury and SBA that the eight-week clock begin when businesses reopen. It doesn't make much sense to hire people, take them off unemployment, pay them for not working, only to let them go when your business reopens because you have new, no money. So again, as you can tell, there are currently, and as we sit here on Sunday, May 3rd, there are currently as many questions, if not more, on how the loan forgiveness and a PPP loan works as there are answers. So there will be answers coming or there will be clarifications coming within the next few weeks. And I promise to keep you guys updated. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.